I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. My guest today is mum of three, Hayley McLean. All of Hayley's children were assumed male at birth, but one of them, six-year-old Noah, identifies as female. Hayley talks to me about how Noah had always been into stereotypically girly things like dressing up as a princess, playing with dolls, which, let's be honest, many little boys are. She talks to me about how things progressed to Noah telling her mum and dad that she feels female, sees herself as female, is female. Hayley tells me about the reaction that she's had to supporting Noah being transgender, her worries about difficulties that she might encounter while growing up, and she gives some brilliant advice on how we can start the conversation about being transgender with our own kids. Before we hear from Hayley, it would be fantastic if you can subscribe, review and rate the podcast. And if you know anyone who's expecting twins, my book, OMG It's Twins, is available to buy now. But here's Hayley talking about life as the mum to transgender Noah. Hi Hayley, I am so grateful that you could join me today. How are you doing and what's your day been like so far? Hi, yeah. Oh, it's been, yeah, not too bad actually. We're in the middle of a really horrible storm um, in Devon today, so that's not the best. But yeah, it's been a quite chilled out day otherwise. It's, um, we're recording this in May, aren't we? And usually in May, especially (laughs) down in Devon, we're used to having lovely warm, you know, spring days and it's just been rainy and windy and horrible, hasn't it? It's been horrendous, hasn't it? I, I keep thinking this has got to be the end of it now. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. The only way is up. Surely, yes. surely. <laughs> um, so Hayley, tell me about your family. You've got three kids, haven't you? I have. Yeah. So I um, I had three children in the space of three years, which was um, intense. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so my eldest is eight and then I've got a six-year-old and a five-year-old as well. Lovely, lovely. Oh my goodness, three in three years. What was Mm -hmm. that like? Oh, at at the time, you kind of just get on with it, don't you? You don't really think about it. But now when I look back at like photographs and videos, I kind of think, how did I actually manage that? (laughs) 
it looks exhausting yeah. to look back on but yeah at the time I didn't really think anything of it oh that's brilliant you're you're a hero to me I mean <laughs> I've got two I've got two, two-year-old twins and you know people quite often say to me you know especially having come through like lockdown and everything and people quite often are like wow like that's so amazing you know you're obviously some kind of super mum and I'm like yeah. no I'm really not <laughs> like I, I I feel like I'm losing it on a day-to-day basis but three under three I'm or you know three they were three under three yeah yeah I'm just like wow that's that's incredible I kind of liked it though I think because it was it was chaos all the time but it kept me busy kind of didn't have time to to think too much about anything kind of think looking back that was probably quite a good thing yeah um did you did you wear it like a sort of like a badge of honor like yes i'm 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 so amazing <laughs> look at me coping marvelously i wouldn't say that i did you know i think i actually found it quite embarrassing in a way because you would always get the funny looks in supermarkets and the um the comments from you know old men about you know have you not got a tv that kind of thing <laughs> oh like just inappropriate comments yes because as you were talking about it i was thinking in my head Oh, should I ask you whether it was planned in terms of because some some people really like to have children really close in age, and I didn't ask that question because I just thought that's no one's business. Like that's really like what does that add to the conversation? Do you know what I mean? So you know, men in supermarkets making you know comments like that. Just just keep it in. And uh, it's not really something I want to discuss with you in the the frozen section, really. No. <laughs> Exactly. Any section of the supermarket. Let's let's be honest. It's like when I was asked, like when I was um, pregnant with twins, um, you know, people, virtual strangers would say to me, uh, oh, you know, was it was it was it planned? And, yeah. you know, um, was it a, was it a natural birth as in not, not a natural birth? But was it like um, what's the what's the phrase? Basically, they wanted to know whether it was IVF yeah. or whether it was whether it just occurred naturally. Yeah. And I'm like. I'm like, you're basically asking me if I had sex with my husband to conceive or whether it was done in a hospital. That's kind of personal when we're not close friends. It's crazy, isn't it, <laughs> what people think they're entitled to know when you're when it involves children and pregnancies. Yeah, it's really strange. Yes. <laughs> it's really strange, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I really want to chat to you today about Noah. Noah's your middle child, isn't she? That's right. Yeah. So tell me about Noah. She was assumed male at birth, wasn't she? Yeah, that's right. So I had, um, well, I thought I had, um, three little boys, um, which was lovely. Um, I kind of loved that, you know, them all being the same gender. We used to dress them all the same and everything. Did you? Well, I guess with them being so close in age, yeah, you could do that, easy. couldn't you? Yeah. And then you could pass them down really easily as well. You just needed to get one more in a different size. It was all ideal, really. Um, so yeah, we assumed that Noah, um, was male. Um, we did the whole, you know, found out the gender when I was pregnant and everything and did the little gender announcement online and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And yeah, Noah, well, to be honest, Noah and my youngest son have just always been drawn to what would, I suppose, be seen as kind of stereotypically girly things. So, um, I mean, I, I was trained as a nursery nurse, so I'd never really believed in all of that anyway. We always just let them have whatever they wanted to have. It was never a problem. So they've always both been you know, into princesses, Barbies, dressing up in, you know, princess clothes, things like that. 
And Which so many boys are, aren't they? they like, are, so I, yeah. I, I know loads of little boys who love twirling around in princess dresses and watching, you know, Disney movies. And yeah. that's, that's really, you know, that's not unusual, is it? Not at all. So we kind of just didn't really ever think anything of it more than that. We just assumed, you know, that Noah just liked that kind of thing and that was fine. Um, but then there were a couple of little things over the years that made me kind of think, oh, is that do all children say things like that um things like when Noah would talk about growing up um you know they have the little you know when I'm a grown-up kind of conversations Noah's would always be when I'm a grown-up lady and I would ah. quite yeah I quite often think oh is that but you know you don't really think too much into it at the time I just kind of I noticed it and then I didn't really think about it again. Um, but then when Noah was three and a half, she started to tell us, um, that she was a girl. And, you know, as she got more confident in her speech and was able to communicate more, it was just became quite apparent until eventually she told us in just no uncertain terms at all that she was a girl. And to begin with, were you kind of, were you correcting her? Were you almost, you know, were you saying, no, 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 you're, you're a boy. Um, you know, when, when she was kind of really young, because I guess with, with toddlers and, you know, with like three-year-olds, yeah, quite often they do get things wrong and they, yeah. you know, and, and, and as a parent, you are, you are, you know, you, you're there to correct them and to teach them, I guess. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we did, obviously, when she was younger and she would say those things, we would kind of try, but she was always very insistent, very adamant about it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's hard to remember, to be honest, to think back and remember how I handled those conversations at the time, because it always felt like they came up at the worst possible times. It was always when we were in the middle of a supermarket or we were, you know, we were on our way to go somewhere. It was always just the worst moments. Um, but it's just that insistence was just always, always there um, until it kind of like it came to a head one day. And yeah, then it it felt like a bit of a whirlwind from then on, really. So, in, so how old was she when she had that conversation with you where she was really insistent to say, no, actually, mommy, I am a girl? She was um, almost four, very, very close to four. And we were, it was, I remember it was Easter. It was Easter weekend and we were going out in the car. We were going to the park. We got down to the end of our street and she just screamed all of a sudden from the back seat. Um, I don't want to go to the park in these clothes. You're making me be a boy and I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. And she screamed it really, really loud and started crying. And I just remember both of us kind of sitting and just feel being really shocked because it seemed it at the time it felt like it came out of nowhere only when I think back I kind of realized that there were those little hints maybe beforehand that I just hadn't really picked up on but it felt like that came kind of out of the blue in a way at the same time yeah and what did you do with that conversation because obviously you know you're there you know she's saying this to you and you're sort of letting it all sink in but I'm assuming that you and your um, partner your husband um, must have then later on that day or that evening had a conversation about it. Like what, right. Okay. So what are we going to do? That, that must have been quite intense and quite stressful. It was in a way. Yeah. We did have a conversation about it. We did sit down and talk about it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that my partner is very open-minded. Um, he has never really had an issue with any of it. Um, 
But we had a conversation about it. And at the time, we were kind of of the opinion that maybe it was a phase, maybe it was something that was going to, you know, just have to play out and kind of run its course. So we kind of spoke about it and thought, okay, well, let's just let's just go with it. Let's just give kind of give the reins to Noah, I suppose, and let her lead the way. Um, Which is such a normal, I mean, you know, like I'm hearing you say that and I'm like, of course, that's the conversation you had because, you know, little people do go through those phases. Not, I'm yeah. not, not saying, you know, they all go through this phase, but they go through so many phases. And as a parent, that's kind of, you, you have to just let them ride it out and think, okay, let's just see where this goes. Let's see how long this lasts. We'll yeah. deal with it as it happens. So that makes so much sense that that's how you, that's how you approached it. Yeah. And it kind of felt like the only thing that we could really, really do the only way that we could kind of get our heads around it, I suppose. Um, cause we knew we had no experience of anything like this. I didn't know anybody personally who'd gone through kind of anything like this at all. So we kind of, we felt a bit like we were fumbling around in the dark, really not really knowing how to, to deal with it, how to approach it. And I did all of the Googling, you know, and everything that I found kind of was all of the opinion that, you know, you're best to just go with it kind of follow their lead, see what happens kind of thing. So yeah. that's what we did. And at that point, did you tell any sort of family members or friends or did you just kind of let, you know, let things sort of develop and see if anybody asked you about it, I guess? Yeah, that was kind of the approach that we took to begin with. We did tell my parents because it was, it happened to be Easter. There was a lot of, you know, family things on, um, and at that point, Noah wasn't telling us that she wanted us to change pronouns or anything like that. Obviously, she was really little. She she didn't really have the vocabulary to to say things like that anyway. Um, so for a while, what we did, we told her she could go to the shops. She could choose whatever she wanted to wear. Um, and we just, you know, we took her in. We didn't lead her to any particular section. We let her just go around and decide what it was she wanted. So she got, she chose all these, you know, stereotypically girl clothes um, but she wanted to obviously wear them from then on from that weekend. So we had to have that conversation with my parents because they were going to be seeing Noah, um, that this is what had happened and this is what we were doing. Um, so that was interesting. <laughs> I mean, uh, how, how did they react when you told them? Mm. <laughs> um, they were surprised. Um, they had never heard of anything like this. Um, I mean, my parents are in their 60s and 70s. Um, it just it, it just wasn't something that was at all on their radar that could, you know, even kind of be a possibility for a child. So um, they were they were not kind of they weren't horrible about it and they were very accepting towards Noah. But they just didn't really understand it. It makes you think, doesn't it, that obviously, you know, this, you know, these feelings have been happening within people for decades, for, yeah. you know, for as long as, as time has existed. And, you know, the fact that it feels like this is the first generation where it's being really dealt with in the way that you are dealing with it. So it kind of makes you feel really sad, doesn't it? Thinking about, you know, all the people who, of your parents' generation who yeah. had to, had to kind of, you know, push those feelings down and not speak to their parents about it and not be themselves. 
That's it. Yeah. I mean, you hear that quite a lot, don't you? That, you know, people say, oh, it's funny how it's only this generation that this has started happening. And I think that's what people need to understand. It's not that it's only started happening now. It's that we're only just starting to to talk about it and to kind of allow it to, to happen, really. Which, yeah, it is very sad. And you said that some people, you know, have never acknowledged what's happened with Noah to you, which must be really hard. It is. To be honest, I think if I had to say what was the hardest part out of all of it, it would be that. I do find that the most difficult to deal with because... I'm the kind of person I like to I like to just be very honest about things. I like to have open conversations about things. And when you feel like there's an elephant in the room with people, I find that really, really difficult. I would rather people kind of in our lives would just kind of ask questions or would even if it was something that they didn't agree with, I would rather them come to me and say that than just say nothing at all, because that gives the opportunity to have a conversation about it. And to maybe kind of help them to understand from our point of view, you know, what we're doing and why we're doing it this way. But when there is no conversation, it's so much harder. And also, like, you know, you saying, you know, people don't agree with it. This isn't something that people should be agreeing with or not agreeing with. This is just like in the same way that, you know, your your two sons are, you know, happily male and identify as male you know that's who they are and this is who Noah is it's not it's not it, surely it's not something that people should be agreeing with or not agreeing with it, it is what it is exactly yeah and I just you know I'd really welcome the chance to have that conversation with a lot of people um I und- I do understand that for, you know it's it's out of people's kind of remit of knowledge you know a lot of people just haven't come across it haven't heard about it I do understand that. Um, but like you say, it's people need to realize that it's no more a choice for Noah than it is for any of us in, you know, in our bodies, in our genders. It just is. You would just, you know, that's just the way it is. And absolutely. And have you had people like say to you that a child Noah's age couldn't possibly make that decision that, you know, that she's female or perhaps, um, you know, having an opinion on the fact that you're using the word trans to describe her, for example. Yeah, we have. Um, I mean, to be honest, we haven't had it from people in our actual day-to-day lives. Um, most people have either been very supportive or have just not said anything at all. But we have come across that with kind of people on the internet um, quite often um, voicing that opinion that she is too young to know her own gender Um and yeah, with the the whole using the label of trans, we're quite kind of conscious that that's not something that we kind of put into her mouth. That's something that she used herself. Um, and sometimes she kind of, she does change it. Sometimes she says that she's transgender. Sometimes she says that she's non-binary because as she's getting older, she's learning more about different kind of labels. And I suppose she's trying things that kind of she feels fits her. Um but we just kind of allow her to decide what it is that she wants to kind of identify as the labels that she wants to use. And and that is kind of her own choice, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so good that you are allowing her that freedom to kind of explore it and think about it as she gets older. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, and you've said that you don't claim to speak on behalf of every parent out there raising a trans or a non-binary child. Um, is that is that something that's important to you to just be able to talk about your experiences rather than being, you know, the voice of all of those parents. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, everyone is coming to this from a different kind of starting point. Everyone is going to have different experiences that are kind of informing the way that they deal with it. And I think it's really important that you, you do just kind of deal with it on an individual level. Everyone's, you know, family is going to be different. The, the acceptance that people experience is going to be very different. Um, so I think it's really important to only kind of speak on it from a personal perspective and also I think it's important that I kind of acknowledge that I'm not transgender. You know, I can't claim to understand things, you know, from that perspective. I am raising a child who identifies as transgender, but I'm not, you know, I'm not transgender and I need to be careful not to kind of, to try to speak on behalf of that community. Yeah, of course, of course. And now you've been blogging and, you know, talking on social media for a long time, like way before um, these conversations with Noah started, haven't mm -hmm. you, weren't you? Yeah. Did you debate in your mind to begin with how much of this to talk about online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had actually had a really um, intense experience before any of this happened. Um, we, because obviously Noah has always been the way that Noah is. She loves princesses, loves dressing up, loves anything theatrical. Um, she, when we were going on holiday one time to Disneyland, um, we tried to book a princess experience for her for the day. And we received an email back from Disneyland saying that we couldn't do that um, because no. Noah was a boy. No. Um, yeah. Um, so I handled that in the way that I just always did back then, which was to kind of blog it out. That was my kind of therapy was to just write about it and get it off my chest. And I was so naive with it. I really thought I would write that post. I literally banged it out in an hour after I'd got the email and just press publish, you know, when you kind of angry publish something. Yes. You yes. don't really think about it. Um, <laughs> so I did that and I kind of thought, you know, that'll be, that'll just make me feel better. It'll get it off my chest. And my little handful of followers might send me a message that says, you know, oh, that's really wrong of them. You know, you should be able to book that and it'll make me feel better. That's all I intended that to be. I ended up going viral across the world. We had kind of people from Brazil calling us in the middle of the night. It ended up in all of the newspapers without my permission, which I didn't even realise was a thing that could happen. Um, it just went out of our control and the, the amount of hate and the emails that we got, oh my goodness, they were just so intense. Um, really, really horrible, hateful kind of death threats towards me, towards Noah, everything. Um, so because we'd had that experience already and we knew 
the the amount of hate that was out there. And that was before we knew that Noah was transgender. This was just when we thought Noah was just a boy who wanted to be a princess at Disney World. Like, um, and that level of hate was already there for that. So that kind of, I think I had that thought in my mind of how much hate there is and it just terrified me. So we did have a lot of conversations about how much to kind of share about it. And imme- like immediately afterwards for about six, no, I think it was about 10, 10 months, we didn't mention it like on online, on my blog, on my social media or anything like that. We just didn't mention it at all until it got to the point where it started to feel like it was coming from a place of shame and then I wasn't comfortable with that I felt like we were almost hiding her away like and I just didn't feel happy about it so then we kind of had a conversation about how we could talk about it and also kind of raise a bit of awareness because when we found out I went straight on the internet and I looked for other people who had experienced it because we didn't know anybody in our everyday lives who had, we didn't have anyone to talk to about it. And I just really craved, you know, hearing it from another mother to hear their thoughts and what they were feeling. And so I think I, there was a part of me that wanted to to be able to be that person for somebody else. Yeah. And do you ever hear from other families with a child who's questioning their gender? Do you, you know, people, you know, mums who've read your blog posts and you know seeing what you've got to say on social media and they they want to get in touch with you yeah there's been um I mean not a great amount but I'd say between sort of 15 to 20 families that have emailed so far some of them I've kind of become friends with on social media and we'll kind of you know they'll send messages and we'll just kind of support each other really because there is quite a lack of support for families because things kind of issues crop up fairly regularly that you there's kind of no guidance on how to deal with things like we had to renew Noah's passport recently. So that was, you know, the question came up, do we have to get a male passport? How do we handle that when we turn up? And there's a a child that looks very much like a girl standing there with this passport. You know, how do we deal with that? So there's, there's kind of all these practical things that you need other people's experiences on. And what's the answer to that? What did, what did you discover? Um, With a child passport, they don't, currently allow a child to change their gender on their passport. Um, if you're over 18, you can apply for a, a gender recognition certificate to to sort that out. But for a child, they don't allow it. So we did have to get a male passport. And what we do is we kind of email ahead to um, the, the company that we're flying with or traveling with to make them aware that, you know, the child who turns up with this passport identifies as a girl. And we don't really want any questions brought up in front of her. Um, Because that's something that I'm just really conscious of that I don't want to see, you know, in front of Noah. Yeah, that's the last thing you want, especially when, you know, if you are traveling, say, like to America and you have like passport control customs, they can be quite questioning and they quite often direct questions directly to the kids, don't they? Yeah. And that's that is the last thing you want is some kind of um, awkward question that makes Noah feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's it. Because I mean, at the moment, Noah lives in this lovely little bubble of acceptance. And at the moment, she doesn't really realise that there's anything outside of that. And obviously, as a mother, I'm as keen for that to continue as long as it possibly can without anybody bursting it. So Yeah. And you, you've talked about your fears before for Noah as she grows up, haven't you? And, you know, at some point, she's going to become aware of anti-trans attitudes and discrimination. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine the, you know, cause we all want to wrap our kids up at times and protect them from all the evil things in the world, don't we? Yeah, that's a, it is something that I'd, 
to be honest, you know, I do lose a lot of sleep over it. Um, it is something that is just always on my mind. Um, and it, it can be everything from, you know, if we, if we make some new friends and we're going to meet people at the park because we home educate, um, you know, socializing is a little bit different than, than it might normally be with school children. We kind of make friends in these home ed groups online and then go and meet them in person. Um, so whenever we do that, I have the worry, oh, are these people, do I need to let these people know beforehand? Are they going to notice? Do I need to have that conversation with them? What if they're not accepting of it? What if they say something in front of Noah? What if the kids say something? So there's always those worries. And then, it, you know, it ranges from that to the much bigger kind of, is she ever going to find, you know, is she ever going to find someone? Is she, she wants to get married. She wants to do all of these things. And yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's quite constant yeah I'll bet I'll bet um I, I must ask actually have Disney now changed their policy so do they still not let boys I'm guessing it's the bibbidi bobbidi boutique that you were taking Noah to um, at Disneyland it was. it was yeah it wasn't America it was the Paris one Paris so have they now changed their policy they have they they issued an apology they insisted that it was just a poorly trained staff member who wasn't aware um and they have um said that they'll make sure that everyone is fully trained to know that anyone is welcome to do any experience which is great so that's reassuring isn't it i thought for a minute that i was going to have to stop going to on holidays at disney world (laughs) in protest no Um, (laughs) so what are your hopes for trans rights as Noah grows up I mean you you mentioned that you know at the moment um, she'll have to wait until 18 to apply for a name change on her passport and there's all sorts of things you know that may well change as she's growing up through her teens what what are your kind of like hopes and desires for that I just want her to have all the same rights that anybody else has I want her to have exactly the same rights that her brothers have have um I want her life experiences to be you know equal to that of her brothers I don't want I just want her to live a happy kind of full life where she can she can just be free and not have to worry about you know who knows how you know what her gender was when she was born I don't want her to have to think about who she tells I think I just want her to have that freedom I want all you know trans kids to just have that freedom to just be themselves and be happy and not have to not have to even think about it absolutely yeah and it's important that we as parents teach cisgendered kids about being transgender isn't it um i bought my 10 year old um the book my brother's name is jessica recently which she really mm-hmm. enjoyed reading but what advice do you have for parents who want to start this conversation with their kids yeah i think it is really really important um quite often you do find that people kind of think, oh, these books are not for me if I haven't got a child who identifies that way. But that is the whole point. They are, you know, it's really important because it's cisgender kids who are going to help to make the world a more kind of welcoming place for transgender people. Um, So it is really, really important. I think Things just like you've said, you know, make sure that you do have a lot of reading materials that introduce it. There are some fantastic books that, you know, really introduce these things on a very child kind of friendly level. And I think just not assuming that kids can't understand these things, because I actually think kids can understand it better than some adults can. Like if it's introduced early, they don't question it. They're they're just happy to 
to be inclusive of people. And, you know, my kids understand about non-binary people and all of that really, really well. And my youngest is five. He gets it. He gets it better than my dad, who's 70, does. You know, if you introduce it young, I think that is the key to it, really. Definitely, definitely. Um, Hayley, before we go, where can people find you on social media and online? Uh, my blog is sparklesandstretchmarks.com um, and I'm sparklesandstretchmarks on all social media as well. And you, as well as talking about Noah and all of your family members, you talk a lot about body confidence and uh, being plus size and all of that kind of stuff as well, don't you? I do. Yeah. I'm kind of a, a body positivity activist. I also like to talk quite a lot about just mental health, um, domestic abuse with based on past experiences, all of that kind of thing, really I like to open up conversations. So you're definitely worth a follow. You're definitely worth a follow. Um, Hayley, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been so good to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.